Welcome to Relationship Workout for Men, a podcast dedicated to helping men be intentional in choosing a better partner and being a better partner for the person they choose. Season 7, Episode 5, Kindness Strategy Number 2, Fair Cooperation. Being kind and generous in theory is all very good as it's important to be generous as a way to make sure your partner knows you're thinking of and valuing her. That said, what does it mean to be kind and generous and finding fair compromise during the difficult conversations when there are differences of opinions, needs, wants, and our desires? In other words, what does it mean to be fair when there are differences between lovers? Before answering this question, let's take a step back and talk about why you two are together in the first place. So tell me, why are we together again? Clearly, two people come together intimately for a variety of reasons. Sometimes it's out of pure desperation drawn from a near comatose state of boredom, loneliness, or financial necessity. Sometimes it's out of pure sexual chemistry, where considerable time spent in the bedroom, well, it naturally extends to lots of time spent outside of the bedroom. Sometimes it just feels right as the intuitive signals all blink green. All these and many more reasons can be true. However, if you take a step back and answer this question with the big picture in mind, well then you might say the two people come together in a relationship because they feel that time spent with each other will bring a better life than time spent without each other. After all, if one or both of you conclude that you're better off apart, well then there's a good chance that you two will eventually part in search of greener pastures. As my father was often fond of saying, in the long run, people do what they want to do. Another way of saying this is that in a strong relationship, one plus one equals something much greater than two as both people's lives are enhanced by being with each other. In an average relationship, one plus one equals, well, around two, as a couple act more like roommates, living parallel lives. When this happens, you basically have two people adding and subtracting value to their lives mostly on their own accord, well, with the occasional reach over to the other side of the bed for some horny toad release. And three, in a weak relationship, one plus one equals something less than two as the negative stuff dominates. In other words, being together is negatively extracting time, energy, and happiness, giving off a miserable sucking sound with relatively fewer positives in return. Indeed, in a strong and healthy relationship, neither person is purely egotistical meaning all about me, nor purely altruistic, meaning all about you. In other words, neither person is trying to win and be right or trying to lose and be wrong at all costs, seeing and treating the partner as the competitor. Rather, each person has opinions, needs, wants, and desires that he or she seeks to fulfill, but desires to do so through fair cooperation on mutually acceptable terms with his or her lover. In a nutshell, this is what a person taken in all about we approach means. But the unfortunate fact is that some level of conflict in any relationship is inevitable. In other words, although two people may have stated intention to come together as a cooperative venture for mutual advantage, in the real world, individuals in a relationship can be attached to their points of view, which can create dilemmas, which can result in conflict. Said again, Individuals in a relationship can be attached to their points of view, which can create dilemmas, which can result in conflict. Let's dive into that last sentence a bit more. Attached points of view exist as we all have our own unique worlds of opinions, needs, wants, and desires that we hold onto as relevant and important and absolute truth. 
As discussed in Season 2, Your Mind, we often have a whole set of stories spinning in our heads that justify and support our points of view. These stories often originate in our past conditioning and sit in our heads as either wisdom or demons. The third part to that sentence are dilemmas. What dilemmas can then emerge is a couple often has different points of view. For instance, you may want more sex than she's interested in giving, or you may have to decide who stays to watch the baby if you both need to go to work and the babysitter is running late. The list of potential dilemmas generated by everyday life situations can be endless. Then conflict. Well, conflict can then arise depending on how attached each person is to their different points of view. Also, if a person's attachment is due to an internal demon, well then the person can be vulnerable to ego taking control, fighting to be right and to win. When this happens, the dilemma can erupt into drama and problems. One might say that these dilemmas signify the fundamental question every couple face probably daily. In other words, what is the fair assignment of the rights and duties and the fair distribution of burdens and benefits associated with being together such that both people continue to feel they're better off staying together? I'll repeat that. What is the fair assignment of the rights and duties and the fair distribution of burdens and benefits associated with being together such that both people continue to feel they're better off staying together. Now, well, that's another packed sentence. Let me, let's unpack that a bit. Rights. So what rights do you have within the relationship? For instance, can you hang out with the guys every Thursday night? Can you spend the entire tax refund on a new set of wheels? Do you have the right to have sex anytime you feel horny? Do you have the right to have your every opinion be unquestionable law within the relationship? Next, we have duties. So who holds which roles and responsibilities? For example, who goes to work? Who raises the kids? Who fixes the leaky faucet? Who keeps the house clean? Next, we have burdens. Who shoulders which burdens that come with the relationship operating day to day? Some examples might include who will go to the grocery store today? Who will pay for that fine night on the town? Or who will get up with the baby tonight? And then you have benefits. Who receives which benefits that come from the relationship? Often these benefits will be mutual, like the feelings of love and companionship. However, other benefits arise as well. For instance, one person might receive the benefit of moving into the other person's house at no cost, a house that the other person's slave to acquire. Basically, the more aligned a couple is on the assignments and distributions, the less potential for a life situation to spawn a dilemma that turns into drama and problems. Each person basically knows the deal and follows the mutually agreed upon plan. Unfortunately, couples often don't think beforehand of what is fair when it comes to rights, duties, burdens, and benefits. As a result, they can find themselves winging it and struggling to figure out what's fair on a case-by-case -case basis. What is needed is a shared set of fairness principles that each person can apply when there's a dilemma on the table and would help to agree upon what is fair. This leads us to some guidance to fair cooperation. Okay, so a life situation is hit. Perhaps you unilaterally bought a car thinking mistakenly that it was okay with your partner. Perhaps financial problems have you in a bankruptcy threatening wallet lock. Perhaps the sex life has become comatose boring or disappeared long ago. Or perhaps the life situation is a bit more mundane, like deciding who's going to wash the dishes tonight. In any case, this life situation has highlighted a difference between the two of you. You have your point of view and she has hers. 
This difference creates a fundamental dilemma that threatens to translate into drama-laden problem if it hasn't already. The spark is in the air, or perhaps the first volleys of conflict have already been launched. If you take a step back, wouldn't you say the kind approach to this life situation is to cooperate and try to resolve any differences fairly? But what constitutes fair? One way to think about it is that in a strong relationship, one person does not gain from the cooperative efforts of being together without doing his or her fair share. Well, that seems reasonable. An agreed-upon set of principles for fair cooperation can help ensure this does not happen. Basically, the set of principles provides some base guidelines to assist in assigning the rights and duties for each person in the relationship and to help guide how the benefits and burdens will be distributed. In addition, when talking about a set of principles for fair cooperation, it's also helpful to talk about scope. In other words, which areas are covered by this set of principles? For starters, Fairness applies to each person's actions in the relationship. Actions include decisions, judgments, insinuations, and accusations. For instance, if the person aggressively blames the other person for some wrongdoing before openly listening and considering the other's point of view, then this could be considered unfair. Indeed, it might be considered much fairer to first ask probing questions to hear what the other person has to say before jumping right into damning accusations and conclusions. Likewise, if you're being negatively judged for your inevitable imperfections, well then this could be considered unfair too. After all, no one is perfect, so being held to the expectation of somehow being godlike perfect cannot be considered fair. At some point, granting forgiveness may be the fairest response to a person's mistake. As well, a person's attitude and disposition may be considered fair or unfair. For example, if blame is being flamed at you in red-hot scathing yet untrue accusations, then the flamethrower's attitude towards you could be described as anything but fair. That said, let's next discuss the eight principles of fair cooperation, and that's the topic of our next episode.